band, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. It's so boring, man. Okay. October 29th, 2021, uh, Laced Up Hockey Podcast, uh, I am James Cole. Uh, my, I am uh, Brutes Battaglia of the High Button, High Button Sports, Winnipeg Jets writer. Winnipeg Jets writer? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that won't come up. Yep. Um, Trying to figure out how to word that these days, that's for sure. Sure. <clears throat> sure. Well, yeah. you know, you, like, you don't work for the dude. No, I certainly do not. Yeah, that's the good news for me, I guess. Um, I suppose by this point, like, I mean, you clicked on the little button here to play the play the episode. So, um, I didn't, but well, to those listening, I guess I did hit on the button. I hit record. Sure, the high button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I look. You know. We know what we're going to be talking about here mm-hmm. for the next uh, however long this takes to get through. Could be four fucking episodes for all I know. But um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, today's uh, today's episode really has one and only one topic um, because I, I think it deserves our full attention at this point, mm-hmm. and it's uh, it's one of those things. You know, I think you and I both talked. Um, about how we wanted the episode to to kind of look, and I'm sure there is room for us to have you know some fun later if we really wanted to. But I don't I don't think we should. I don't know if I could. I don't know. Yeah, we'll you know? see. I mean, like you know, uh, whatever. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Um. By this point, I'm sure everyone is aware, especially if you're listening to a hockey podcast hosted by the two of us, um, about what took place in the NHL this week, and uh, that would be um, the culmination, uh, maybe not the culmination, but at least the the publicization, publicization, publicization is a word. There there it is, Um, of um, the sexual harassment sexual assault, sexual uh, allegations uh, made um, against the Chicago Blackhawks, specifically their their one-time video coach, Brad Aldrich, uh, that took place back in 2010. And, um, you know, this, this, uh, this case was opened up uh, this past May. And um, I don't think you and I really ever addressed it. Because of the nature of uh, what an ongoing investigation looks like. Um, you don't want to be the person that comes out and says something before you have all the facts. Even though, uh, as we're going to talk about, a lot of uh, NHL people like to come out and say some things before they have all the facts. So, you know, rightly or wrongly, we uh, we wanted to, you know, do this story justice by... You know, discussing it in its entirety, 
Um, and it's hard to do that when you don't have any details or maybe not all the details have been presented, mm-hmm. um, as was the case back in May. So um, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, independent of the NHL, uh, you know, went out and hired a, hired a law firm to look into the allegations. And uh, over the course of the summer, you know, you'd, you'd hear a little bit here, a little bit there. And uh, Rick Westhead, uh, you know, obviously very... Very important member of uh, bringing this story to light, and uh, everyone I think was following him quite closely. And uh, finally, we we got our answer a couple of days ago when um, you know this this law firm came forward and uh, published those findings, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty fucking bleak, you know. It's um, I think there's there's two sides to this uh, story um, in the big picture here, and and you've, on on the one hand, you've got the sexual assault, which which in its own right is is a you know heinous act uh, to have happen to any person, and um, determining whether or not that took place was you know first and foremost I think the the most important aspect, um, and and it's it's been deemed that you know this this took place and and what happens next I guess we wait and see in terms of you know any any you know charges that are going to come or you know sentencing or however, however that process works uh, that 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 hasn't come to light yet but um, it had happened it took place and and that you know in its own merit deserves attention but um, you know I, I think the the I don't want to say the bigger issue but an equally important issue was the story of of what took place behind closed doors and uh, you know the the people that were involved in determining whether or not this was going to be a story or swept under the rug uh, 11 years ago and uh, the story that took place from there um Let's start with um, let's start with you know what happened specifically um, involving Brad Aldrich, who you know since this this uh, this occurrence in 2010 has you know he's he's been removed from the sport. He he had other um, uh, crimes uh, that he committed uh, against uh, other other athletes. Uh, since his time ended with the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, yeah, well, the thing with Brad Aldridge is Brad Aldridge's cancer. You can get rid of it for as long as you want, but um, there's always the possibility, I think, is the problem, right? Like, until he's behind bars forever, which isn't going to happen, uh, you know, he's free to harm whoever he wants which is part of the problem with all of this right mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. if uh things had maybe gone a different way years ago it would be a little bit easier to have a conversation about brad aldridge not being around the game of hockey i mean but just because he's not working anywhere right now doesn't mean you know he found another job at some point so you know yeah and you know, like i i don't know you know your your thoughts on it i i have to believe he will be behind bars sooner than later uh currently on parole yeah um i 
again, I don't know the fucking the legal jargon and, and all that and all the you know that goes along with it, but I'm assuming that an incident that took place prior to an incident that landed you on parole would mean that any subsequent action would therefore be I <laughs> worse think he technically could be charged in multiple states, which is at least some good news, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, so maybe we'll, we'll spend a, a minute to talk about just, like, the fucking, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, how to phrase this, the, you know, Brad Aldrich and the Chicago Blackhawks, um, that relationship, separate from, from the rest of the organization's management, um, the, the way that that entire, you know, um, story ended was just absolutely bananas. I, I say that because I can't think of a, a definitive word that I would like to use in this, in this instance, but, yeah. you know, the, the guy gets these allegations charged against him and is still able to you know, continue a career, have his name placed on a championship trophy, receive a championship ring, partake in celebrations, despite not working for the organization anymore at that point, uh, receive a letter of recommendation to move forward in a different uh, capacity elsewhere. Um... How, how does that happen? I have a theory. Okay. They didn't act quick enough, and that was to cover their ass to try to keep him quiet, too. Because I think that they knew that they probably should have fired him, and uh, without doing it immediately, you can't really go back and do it the day of like they should have. And I think part of that was just, you know, their make nice with the ticking time bomb that could have been Brad Aldrich. Uh, you know, that that's my thought. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, that's among many things in the story that is baffling for sure. It's, uh, that's the only logical explanation I can come up with it. Not that it's, you know, logic in the realm of sanity, but, uh, that's, you know, as far as the chess match goes, as far as the Blackhawks are concerned, that's the only thing I could think of. Sure. You know, like, and I've, I've spent a lot of time trying to, wrap my head around it and you know you know I'm, I'm looking at it from one angle and i'm saying like well you know well if they fired him well they gotta they gotta pay him uh so maybe this was their their way around that but i i think you you you've nailed it in the sense that the fact that this didn't happen on day one um it's inexcusable um i don't see the, the but the thing the thing like, I understand what you're saying, and, and there might be some truth to when you fire a person, you got to pay them kind of thing uh, in certain situations, but this is a blatant breach of contract, mm -hmm. you would think, mm -hmm. uh, for any organization. Mostly when you sign up, you are not supposed to sexually assault your coworkers mm -hmm. uh, or your, uh, you know, people that you're uh, superior to, uh, you in know, some ways, even yeah. bigger, yeah. no. Um, and. 
you know, like I have a hard time believing that they couldn't have fired him without paying him anyway. Uh, but even still, I think paying him and getting rid of him is still by far the right move here than, you know, keeping him around for the sake of not giving him extra money. Like, uh, money is meaningless in this situation well, for me. Especially when you're the Chicago Blackhawks. Well, you yeah, know, exactly. So You're a professional sports franchise that pulls in what I imagine is millions of dollars. Yeah, well, that's the thing. What's more important, the money or the problem? Yeah. And even insinuating that it's the money is insane for a guy that probably made, like, 200 k mm-hmm. that year mm-hmm. at best. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, and sure, I, I, I can definitely sympathize with the fact that, you know, we, we want to we want to cut ties. We don't want to pay this guy anymore moving forward. We're going to, you know, forcibly tell him he's got to go. I don't think that there's, let me preface, the guy should be in jail. Um, I don't think there's anything necessarily obscure about, uh, you know, a business handling something like that. Uh, effectively forcing someone to resign, I think, is there. there is reason for, for that path in certain situations. It's everything else that goes along with it, though. You know, for me, it, it's... Why why are we letting this guy hang out with us still? Well, that's the problem, right? Right? Why are we allowing this guy to take part in what should be the most, you know, magical, memorable moments of uh, the franchise's, uh, you know, current era? Mm-hmm. Um, why are we giving this guy pieces of jewelry to commemorate the fact and offering yeah. him opportunities to further his career after the fact? Um... All of those factors were infinitely more troubling to me than the fact that maybe he wasn't fired two seconds after this came to light. Um, which, well, yeah, they in didn't its have, own right. They didn't have to make a move the next day and fire him in the middle of the playoffs. Um, well, they, they did, but, like, you know, even in their own head, like, the easier way to do it would be, like, just keep him from being around until the playoffs are done, and then mm-hmm. you can formally fire him if that... Like, even that plays better to me, where it's like, well, at least he wasn't around. But the fact that he was still performing his job... Yeah, uh, exactly. Where, where like, where on the job is where he did this fucking thing. Um, you know, like, that's, that's the fucked up thing for me, is just... Um, you know, like that. That you're right. Like the fact that he hung around the team during the summer is one thing, but the fact that he just went to work the next day, uh, that's insane. And uh, like as we'll get to, that seemed to be status quo for everyone in this story, except for maybe Kyle Beach. Given how quickly uh, NHL franchises are to suspend players uh, the second that they don't show up for work or oh, training yeah. camp or something like you'd yeah. think the suspension would be a pretty active tool in their repertoire um and you, you like that's just it you don't have to fire the guy like today suspend him send him home stay at home don't come to work we're gonna deal with you later and do what you gotta do mm-hmm. and and make a rational decision and and get the proper heads in place to make that decision there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think. If I'm if I'm missing something, I, I I do hope that someone will let me know. But 
I don't think there's a problem with handling a situation like that. Um, I like to think things through. I, I don't like to make rash decisions myself. I don't expect anyone to make a, a rash decision. You know, do your due diligence. But what's the rash decision here? I'm, I'm saying there's a lot of people that, that feel like, you know, uh, 1201, I've reported the allegation. 1202, the guy should have been fired. Um, whereas the opposition seems to come down on the side of, uh, you know, well, why did he, why are we firing him at all? You know, there, there's, there's something of a middle ground there. You know, you can suspend uh, an employee Mm-hmm. And just not have them around the team. Just not have them at work while you conduct your internal investigation. I think that would have been a very easy answer in this situation. Yeah. Um, but I think, like you said it right here, right? Like, the whole thing being internal is maybe the yeah. issue here. Right. Um you know, I don't really think it's up to the Chicago Blackhawks to decide what's right and what's wrong. Uh, it shouldn't have been, and as we've been proven, it definitely was a, a horrible decision. Um, you know, this is the same league where, you know, we talk about half these guys being fucking brain dead all the time, and, and you know, these guys certainly displayed that they seem to be. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like, it's... it's, it's uh, Easy to say at the time, but these are some of the most horrible human beings uh, that, you know, I'm aware of. And uh, they should not have been able to, uh, you know, handle the situation internally. What someone should have done is bring in a third party, like an agency maybe that specializes in investigating crimes and uh, malfeasances. And uh, maybe have them do the investigation rather than, you know deciding what's right and wrong uh, with, a you know, 40 other old white men. Yeah, because <laughs> as we're going to talk about here in a second, uh, they don't tend to make a lot of good decisions. Nope. Uh, old white men. Nope. Um, Dude, these guys can barely uh, decide who are good hockey players, and that's the only thing that they're good at, and they're yeah. not even good at that. Yeah. So. That's just it. Yeah. And I think something that... At times, depending on the, um, the the discussion that you're having or the content that you're reading, um, I think it can be missed um, that there was another instance that took place here in the time between when these allegations were submitted to the organization and when Brad Aldrich left the team. You know, uh, I don't think enough has been made yet, and and perhaps it's yet to come. Um, but just the fact that another assault took place within those few weeks—that's all it took. Mm-hmm. Just a few weeks uh, for this guy to find another victim mm-hmm. uh, to, by all accounts, ruin another life, and and perhaps more than one life. Um, well, many. Yeah, sure. Right? Sure. I mean, you know. How many people did Brad Aldrich end up, um, you know, doing this to is, is something that will hard, it'll be hard to say if we're ever going to be able to get the exact number, right? Like, is everyone ever going to come forward and, um, you know, the people whose lives that, you know, they've affected because of their trauma and so on and so forth, like, uh, directly ruin dozens of lives. And then, 
you start to unpack the onion. Like he, th this is affecting tens of thousands of people, if not, you know, directly, indirectly. Mm -hmm. Like this is, uh, this is a catastrophe is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, just again, for it to happen within the organization, uh, just, I, I can't, I can't even get my head around it. It's, uh, it's gut wrenching honestly and um um kyle beach I, I know you you mentioned the name i i don't i don't think we've specifically touched on the fact kyle beach is is the the player in question that uh you know made made these uh allegations against the blackhawks and um he uh took some time two days ago to uh come forward and and reveal himself um which, which I, I think is um, really, really powerful and, and really, really brave. And I, I think it sends a, a huge message. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I hope this was his decision at the end of the day. Because I know there was a lot of people that took some information out of the report that came out. And were more or less able to deduce who this guy was and I I don't I don't want to find out that it put him in a position where he felt he had to uh, come forward and uh, and speak to this and I, I I commend him for doing so but it would be it would be you know all, all the worse to, to find out that this was out of his control as well for for someone that has lost as much control in this story um, to begin with. Um, did you have an opportunity to uh, check out the interview that took place uh, with Rick Westhead and, and Kyle Beach? Uh, yeah, I, I watched basically the whole thing. I tuned in a couple minutes later because I thought that the interview was at 8 p.m., not 6 p.m. <laughs> and so... No, the NHL can't start anything on time. Well, I had to, I had to coach last night, so uh, I thought I was going to miss it. Um, so I was happy that I was home and able to watch it. Um, yeah, I, I watched basically, I watched everything after the first two minutes. Um, that was, um, quite possibly one of the more courageous things I've ever witnessed. Yeah. Um, you know, personally anyway, I'm, I don't, uh, I don't remember ever seeing a, uh, an athlete that uh, you know made such an impact in, in an interview um, with myself at least than than what Kyle Beach uh, went through talking to Rick Westhead. Um, do you think it was Im imperative for for us to get a name behind this story? Like, do do you think that this is gonna help? Yeah. The situation, yeah, yeah. 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 I, uh, you're right. Like, I, I hope that this is a, sit, uh, a decision that Kyle Beach made, um, that he was comfortable with, and not something that he felt like he had to do, kind of in the heat of the moment. I mean, I, I would have to imagine that, you know, Kyle Beach has thought about this scenario before, and I'm sure, he's spent a lot of time thinking about what might happen one day if this story ever came to light and whether or not, you know, he would want to go public or not. And 
I would have to believe that this is something that he's he's thought about even beyond the past couple days. Um, but I like I think it helps a lot. It's it's uh, it, it's always it's always difficult to make any sort of judgment on something that you weren't a part of or therefore and uh, like I never doubted that this was probably true um, because I there's nothing to be gained uh, by this but anyone who for some reason thought that this might be a situation of a player I don't even know what the the motive would be to make something up like this um you know if if you can honestly watch that interview and tell me that you still think that this didn't happen then i would question your relation to humanity and ability to sympathize and empathize because um there was not a doubt even seeing Kyle Beach's eyes through Zoom on a TV screen that this happened to him. You can see it in his eyes and you can hear it in his voice. Um, you know, it was something where hearing it, it was, it was fucked up to read. It was fucked up to think about. But until you actually heard him talk about it, I think, um, you know, it might have been easy to not put yourself in those shoes and as soon as he got talking about it it's it's pretty it's pretty difficult to not have a different relationship with this story even if you were someone who believed it all along i think that's just it you know like i i never um i never stopped to think twice about you know the the truth behind the story the uh behind the allegations but uh you know the the gravity of the interview. Um, definitely added a layer, like a, a really mm-hmm. powerful, raw layer that um, I don't think I like. And this fuck, this isn't about me. Um, but like, I don't, I don't think I was like ready in a way. You know, like I, I was watching it because I was curious. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were. I yeah. wanted to, I wanted to. You know, see his side of the story. You know, see, you know, hear his words, and um, it it kind of bothered me in, in a weird way. Um, not to the extent where I, you know, wish it didn't happen, but just I think I went into it with the wrong mindset. Like, that the interview didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I just think I went into it with the wrong mindset of like, oh, this is going to be informative, and it was so much more than that. You know. Um, if you haven't checked it out, I do recommend, although I will, I will add, as I just mentioned, uh, just be prepared. Yeah. Just, oh, it's, it's one of the most difficult things I've ever watched in my life for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, but you know, that it was difficult to watch because you felt the pain, but part of me also sat there. Like, rooting for him 
in that moment more than I think I've rooted for a hockey game in years. Because at that time, like, it just sort of felt like this is... This is the punch to the gut that I think a lot of people really needed. Like, I, I think that there were always going to be people to dehumanize this incident. And until you can put a name, a face to the name and hear the details from the guy, you know, like, I think that this is the, the, the final push here, right? When you hear that it's Kyle Beach and you hear him talking about it, like, for me, it just felt like this moment where he was doing the right thing. I could feel that he felt like he was doing the right thing and it just felt right. Mm-hmm. even though it was horrifying and and real yeah this wasn't scripted no. i didn't i didn't get the feeling that this was a planned interview no, no, they, for a couple days no for for interview's sake it was sloppy for yeah. sure <laughs> like you could tell you could tell it was it was raw and it was real and 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 that was the thing too right like you you know like rick rick westhead is the most important uh journalist in hockey and it's not even close, right? And it's been that it's been that case for a long time. I think I would he's, give Emily Kaplan some, he's, some credit. Uh, she she helped for sure, but I I would say Rick Westhead is the is the main guy that um is sort of knocking down the door of the NHL here lately with everything. Like it's 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 been thing after thing for years where it's just like all these nice little stories come out every day about what fucking. Uh, you know, Kirby Doc eats at IHOP and you know what I mean? Like what Zach Whitecloud and Nick Holden do when they're not on the ice playing ping pong and all this shit. Throwing fish at fans. Whatever, yeah. Well, they, yeah, they play in Vegas. But, um, <laughs> and so, you know, like it's all this stuff. And then Rick Westhead comes out with something and it's like, hey, here's something you're going to be interested in. And by the <laughs> you're way, not gonna like it. Uh, you're not, like, it's not, this isn't good news necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, yeah. and you know, it goes back to everything like the, even the Joe Murphy story, him living in Kenora, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he's the one who's been heading up the, from a journalistic perspective, the NHL concussion, uh, lawsuit and, and like Rick Westhead is never a good name to hear if you work at the NHL and you've got a secret to protect. And, um, there was something about that interview too, where I could just tell how important getting this out there was for Rick because Rick almost lost it too. And, um, you know, like it was, even that was the hard part of the interview was just where they kind of had to just stop talking at one point cause they just needed to kind of reset or they weren't going to make it through it. And, um, you know, I, I, I have more respect for Rick Westhead and and of course Kyle Beach, but like when we're talking about journalists, like I have more respect for Rick Westhead than probably anyone in professional sports. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Kyle Beach in a second, but um, I want to turn and uh, maybe get some sort of. Well, at least your perspective on um, the people involved on the other side of this. Um, we kind of half jokingly mentioned off the hop that you know you uh, you do a lot of uh, work around you know watching and 
and writing for the Winnipeg Jets, or about the Winnipeg Jets, I should say. Um, nah, not for them. Yeah. It, it, it may see, have seemed at times that I was writing for them because I uh, was so positive about them, and mm. I don't know that that's really going to be the case this year. So, um, But there's a number of names here, and I don't even know if I have them all. Um, but... Um, Stan Bowman, obviously uh, the, the general manager at the time, um, was um, was uh, in the hot seat there when uh, when all this came out. Still working for the Blackhawks, I believe the last member of this group that was still employed by the Blackhawks in, in a front front office capacity. Um, he stepped down, and um, a few hours later, stepped down from the U.S. national team as well. Um, you know, like, everybody has a boss, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I think at some point you got to draw the line in the sand somewhere and, and say, you know, the, the buck stops here and, and we got to do something about this. There, there was just an, an element of this story where, um, quite wrongly, uh, the various characters involved had this mentality of, it's not my problem, my boss will deal with yeah. it. It's not my problem, my boss will deal with it. And um, we, I guess, don't know. I'm not... I'm certainly not going to come out and say that I know um, whether or not ownership was involved in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it definitely got all the way up to, you know, the president of the organization. And um, in, in, in the big picture of, of placing blame here, is this on one person? Is this on the organization as a whole um if if so does that involve the players i think that's what's so embarrassing about it though is the fact that it doesn't fall on one person like if if this was one person's decision to make and one person only Mm -hmm. you know it's not defensible under any circumstance but it is one of those things where you know if if an incompetent person has so much pressure on them and makes a decision like incompetent people are going to make incompetent decisions i mm-hmm. understand that the fact that as a group as an organization as a as a club not not just like as a group of like five people here like this falls on the players it falls on the management it falls to some degree on the ownership, whether or not they knew, it still falls on them to me. Um, you know, that's what's so embarrassing about this is the fact that they collectively made the wrong decision. That that basically none of them, um, you know, were capable of actually doing the right thing here. And, you know, like that this whole thing, like, sure, you can, you can give props to Brent Sopel and Nick Boynton and, like, I don't really. Um, you know, I, I give them a little more credit for acknowledging it, but you know, they, they were there, um, 
you know, like one of the only guys who was involved in the whole organization that I think uh, I can give some credit to here is is Paul Vincent, because he's been the only person who, right from the get-go, said, yeah, this happened and I'll tell you fucking everything, you know, and uh, good for him, you know, whether or not he made the right decision in every situation there, I, I don't know, but... Um, He's someone where you can certainly say at least his heart was in the right place, and it is now, for sure. Um, but, yeah, like, that's that's the thing that's fucked up about it to me, is just that there were so many um, people, like, just incapable of focusing on humanity rather than hockey. Uh, like, that, like, the most fucked up thing for me, even here, is if we're gonna just bullshit and say that they were so focused on winning a Stanley Cup that they couldn't see the forest for the trees here. Like you're you're really telling me that the video coach is the reason you won the fucking Stanley Cup, right? Like you're telling me you couldn't live for two weeks without your video coach. You were gonna lose the Stanley Cup without Brad Aldrich, really? Like that's the fucked up thing. If you want to make this about hockey, you're fuck. You're, even that doesn't fucking make sense to me. You know what I mean? Like that's the embarrassing thing to me is I'm not saying that if Joel Quenville did this that um. You know, you don't fire him, but, like, that's the whole thing, that they were so focused on hockey that a guy who's not important to the team was so fucking important that they couldn't even address this. It's bullshit. It's, 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 the hockey doesn't matter, but even if they want to make it about hockey, it doesn't even make sense to me from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just caked and layered with shit, my guy. (laughs) This whole thing. Yeah. There was a, a comment, um, the asshat's name's escaping me, uh, Stan Bowman's boss, Al. McIsaac? Yeah, that guy. Um, used to work for the Cubs. Okay. And uh, in in the report... Yeah, they were famously good when he yeah. was there, too. In the report, there's a, a, a quote or a you know transcript of some sort in which he... He goes to bat, so to speak, for for the for the team, about how, well, I worked for the Cubs, and this might be our only shot. And and yada yada yada. We got we got to focus on the ultimate goal here. Sure. And to your point, you know, if if you want to make it a hockey argument, sure, I guess. How do you think Cubs fans would feel if they found it in twenty sixteen? Oh yeah. Know, like, I don't fucking care. I'd rather go the 102 years without a championship well, well, than is, win one in this clouded atmosphere. This is where we are. You want to talk about fucking asterisks like we did for two years? I don't consider this team a Stanley Cup champion. I'll never acknowledge a single fucking person who has a Stanley Cup ring from 2010 as being a Stanley Cup champion ever fucking again. And you, you can argue with me all you want. That's not a fucking Stanley Cup champion team to me. These are not people that I acknowledge as being uh, the best in hockey at one point or another during that year. And uh, the, like it's it, it's an embarrassment to the the sport, not just um, not just the league. Like it's 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 pathetic to think that I know people whose ideal of a good hockey team was this growing up. This is the people that 
were their idols and were their, uh, you know, were posters on their wall and shit like that. And even even myself, I look at them as the perfect hockey team before this, right? You look back on it and it's like, wow, fuck, they were good. They did everything right. And it's like, they couldn't, they did nothing right. Like, the, this team is, a, is an embarrassment to everything that I hold dear as a hockey fan. Uh, and as a human being, quite frankly. So, yeah, you're right. Like, I, I would... I don't... There, I, I'm just going to say I don't think. I know for a fact that if I were a fan of a team where something like this happened, I, I not only would never root for them again, I don't know that I would even acknowledge their existence as a legitimate fucking franchise. Uh, yeah, like, like I, I, I think... I think <laughs> like this obviously isn't gonna happen but like i am so enraged by this that i would love to see them just fold quite frankly because that's how fucked up i think this is is that mm-hmm. we're just gonna move forward with this being a team we're gonna watch those jerseys on the night like you know what i mean i'm getting fired up here but you know and and i think um a couple things stood out to me from what you said there like you know, you, you look at a couple of the guys that were on that team. Um, guys that were maybe nearing the end of their careers. And, you know, would would, would you go through a lifetime of, of trying to obtain something and, and potentially sacrifice that for the greater good? And, um, you know, I don't, I don't envy anyone that has to make that decision and I understand fully that there's a lot of blame there. The The decision was made and it was the wrong one for sure. Um, part of this is, is kind of it's like the, the steroid debate for me in, in some ways in baseball where you look at it and, and you go so and so shouldn't be acknowledged because they were, they were doing the bad thing, you know what I mean? And and the 2010 Blackhawks, you know, maybe they shouldn't be acknowledged as, as a Stanley Cup champion because they were doing the bad thing. And, um, you know, it really pains me to say this, but part of me sits here today and wonders, where was everybody doing this? Yeah. You know, uh, the 2010 Blackhawks really any worse than any other team in 2010? Maybe. You hope so. You want to hope so, yeah. for sure. It's getting harder to, to think that way. Well, and I mean, to your point, too, like, you know, this ripple effect goes beyond, uh, like, it goes beyond Chicago. It goes yeah. beyond Winnipeg. It goes beyond Florida. Like, John Madden was on this team. He's coaching the San Jose Sharks right now. Mm-hmm. Andrew Ladd is on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, you know, Patrick Sharp worked for NBC with analysts who now work other places and you know chris versteeg works for sportsnet and uh you know what i mean seabrook's, captain seabrook's in tampa like you can go down the list down the list down the list and take a look at guys who you know uh who are now have their fingerprints on other organizations too mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. mark bergevin like Montreal, like you know, I'm 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 just saying. Yeah. Like these yeah. guys are everywhere, and whether or not they're all right or all wrong, uh, well, none of them, most of them aren't right, but some of them might be. 
you know, maybe some of them did try to do the right thing or legitimately didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm someone who doesn't know what the fuck's going on at places that I work. Like, I stay out of that kind of shit. Like, it's reasonable to me that I would not know something of that happening at a workplace. But the idea that everyone didn't know when when everyone did know, that's hard for me to believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Um it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to whittle down you know like i said like the as i posed earlier um is this on one person and i think you said it you said it right you know it, it is on the organization top to bottom where do the heads roll we're finding out you know um uh, apparently it's it's stretching to anybody and everybody that was involved in management um, as we sat here talking, uh, Joel Quenville has stepped down in Florida. Um, no word yet on whether or not that had anything to do with the Gary Bettman interview that took place earlier today. You'd have to imagine, considering the fact that he coached a game last night. But um, Kevin Shavell day off. He's on deck. He goes tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He talks to the uh, the commissioner. And then um, what I assume is going to be his resignation will, will happen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then all that's left really, I think, is, is the players. Um, that's a tough one. Because yeah. you're, you're, you're also employees of the franchise that, that did you wrong or wherever you are today in the league. Um. It's not as black and white, I think, as sure the management. You know, I mean, it's in the documents that the management met and decided to do nothing. Like that's that's a fact. Like, yes, it's not a it's not a hearsay anymore. It's a fact that Kyle Beach was harassed at practice about this. Mm-hmm. But whether or not that was four players in the room, four players on the ice, four players around, or it was 22 to 30 of them, and which 22 to 30 in a training camp, like, it is it is hard to sit here and look at the roster and say that every single one of them is to blame Sure. in a situation where some of them may have never even met Kyle Beach, right? And um, others who may have been in a very similar position to Kyle Beach, who... Yeah. Maybe face losing their jobs, their sure. careers, their livelihoods. Sure. But, you know, you, it, it's hard for me to imagine that Jonathan Taves as the captain of the team was not aware of what was going on. It's also hard for me to say, like, I think people are maybe overgeneralizing the job of a captain. Like, you're not it's not a real job it's a made-up job you're just a player on the team but to some degree you do know what's going on in that locker room so it is hard for me to believe that um you know that he did the right thing here or anything like that i didn't like at all what he had to say last night i don't think i've heard and, anything and Patrick i'd like Kane. to say from anybody yet. um <laughs> No, not really. No. Duncan Keith, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves. Paul Paul Vincent and John Torchetti are the only two people that were involved around there. And Sopel and Boynton to an extent. Where 
I've I've liked what they've had to say because it seems like they're trying to move things forward in the right direction, sure. right? But, um, yeah. I disagree with the, the Taves thing, I'll say that. I think that there is more responsibility on you in that locker room. I think I think it isn't a job, per se, but I, I do think that there's more going through you to the coach and vice versa at that level. I, I have no way of knowing. I've never been in an NHL locker room, but um, it would seem odd to me if, if, if it really was just... Here, here's the 22-year-old kid that has got the big contract that we're just going to, you know, give the, the C to. Um, I think it cheapens it, in a way, to think that he was any less involved than any of the other players. Yeah. Um, the thing that bothers me is um, this argument around the fact that, you know, he's 22 years old. What's he supposed to do? Kyle Beach was 20. Mm-hmm. What was he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Brad Aldridge was 27. You know, to me, like, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, this this whole thing about removing the blame against Jonathan Taves uh, begins and ends with the fact that he still plays for the team that you cheer for. No, oh, you're a professional athlete. Yeah. Right. It, like, at the end of the day, people talk about 20, 21, 22. Then, then don't play in the NHL. Sure. If you can't handle the responsibilities of the of what it has to bring, mm-hmm. then don't play there. And so, if if you can't be the captain of a professional hockey team and deal with literally every anything that comes your way, then you're not meant to do it. Mm-hmm. And we've one thing for sure learned that Jonathan Taves is not the fucking leader that we've all made him out to be over the years. That's for certain. So. You're right. Like you know what I'm. You know what I was saying is just that I don't know that. I don't know that everything flows through Jonathan Taves exactly the way people think it that it may have or may not have, mm. but I still think that he's culpable here for sure. Absolutely. It's just more that you know people act like it. It was like an automatic thing, and I, I don't know that for certain, but there's a pretty good possibility, right? Yeah. He, he, he's the one guy in the dressing room that... How do, how do I say this? Like, well, if He can't ignore what's being said. If it wasn't him, like even if he was wearing the C, but he wasn't the captain, right? You know what I mean by that? Like he wasn't the actual leader in the room. Like it was Keith, or it was Kane, or... It was one of these other guys that is saying that they don't... That they never knew about it or whatever. Like, someone knew that was a leader in that team that is now saying that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Someone knew. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, that's, and that's what I mean, I guess, with, when it comes to Taves is, is that fact that, you know, if you're, if you're the, the third-line winger that's been here for a season that doesn't know if he's going to be back here next season and, oh, I heard some whispers, and you keep your head down, keep your mouth shut... Selfish, sure, but Jonathan Taves is the one guy in that dressing room that can't do that. Mm-hmm. You've got the eight-year contract. Well, You've got it, the captaincy. It might be one of those things where it was, you know, the whole argument of it where it's harder to fall. Yeah. You know, further, it, further to fall and everything because yeah. I don't I don't know. Like, unless some of these other guys were threatened at the time, 
Like, they would have to still be threatened 11 years later to, to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Because they're still being quiet. Right? Yeah. But you're, but you're Jonathan Taves. You, you hear those things floating around. You're getting right up. You're walking to the coach's office. You're saying, what the hell's going on? I need to in, a, in a perfect world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just and, in and our then, world, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that's just it, yeah. right? And, not and, not and in the perfect I, I get world. It. In the I, world, I get it. People people say say things every fucking day that are just blowing steam out of their ass, and it isn't true, and it came from somewhere because somebody's got a sick mind, or you know what I mean. Those those things happen. Those rumors occur. But you do your homework if you're mm-hmm. the leader of the team, and you make sure you check the boxes because. That's your fucking teammate right there. Mm-hmm. Or should have been. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, as we'll probably touch on in a bit. Um, so yeah. Um, getting back to it. Like I said. Uh, Joel Quenville out. Um, Shovel day off. I imagine. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. Same result. Yeah. I don't see a situation where... Yeah, I imagine by the time most people are listening to this that Craig Heisinger is the general manager of the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, it, by all accounts, the, the, the brass involved are going to are gonna all be without a job, uh, at least those that were still involved in 2010. Um, let's look at the other side of the, the, the picture here. Um, the NHLPA. This is a tough one. Um, there's there's been some some calling for Donald Fair's head uh, since all this came out. Um, the union is there, obviously, for for one reason and one reason only to help the players. I think that there is a bit of a gray area here. Um, you know, Kyle Beach never played in the NHL and and he touched on it himself in the interview with Rick Westhead about how he doesn't know if he falls under that umbrella at the time he, he you know he had, he had no idea do I do I go to them which he did but are they obligated to help me and I think outside of being like a <laughs> as you've said a few times a, a decent human being yeah, maybe their job isn't to necessarily protect a guy that has never played in the league. But well, uh, as uh, a man who's met or read his fair share of collective bargaining agreements, let me tell you, uh, he would have been signed to an entry-level deal, and therefore he was an employee of the National Hockey League and would have been a member of the NHLPA at the time. So they were obligated to help him for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like Well, now anyway. But that part of the NHLPA, as far as I know, worked the same way eleven years ago because it's worked that way for sixteen years now. Hmm. Seventeen. Yeah. And again, I I think that there is an onus for them to have some responsibility over him. This took place, you know, at an NHL arena <laughs> involving NHL personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, wh- where where do you where do you see the blame with the PA? Um, 
like is this something that's going to cause Don Fear his job? Do you think? Do should the players in the union today have less faith in their union than they did a week ago? Oh, their union's a joke for sure. Uh, I had a better union working at a grocery store. For sure, they they shouldn't have any faith. And I mean this this is a this is an or, a union that's failed its members forever. Uh, fails almost all of them all the time. It's a horrible, horrible union. Uh, the players seem to get screwed constantly every time there's any adjustment. Um, should, should it, I mean, you know, whether or not Donald fared directly, because did you say Kyle Beach went to, he went to his rep, right? He didn't go to Donald Fear directly. Uh, an acquaintance of the player, Kyle Beach, emailed NHLPA executive director Don Fair. Yeah. Um, then, less than a year later. Then there you go. Then, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, he, he is culpable here too, for sure. Gary Bettman? This is where I was kind of going with the, where do you draw the line in the sand. That I don't know. If you draw one at all. Because his handling since the findings have come out have been curious, I'll say. Um, obviously, Joel Quenville's gone. Now he resigned. Yeah. Gary Bittman did not have the power to fire him. Mm-hmm. He could suspend him, but he, he could not fire him. Uh, as we speak, we don't know um, the means in which Kevin Sheveldayoff will surely leave the organization. Stan Bowman was allowed to resign. Um, how much Quenville resigning Gary Bettman had to, to do with that, we don't know at this time. The one thing we do know so far is that the $2 million fine seems pretty lackadaisical. Oh, it's a joke. For sure. And I'm, I'm one of those people that whenever I see a fine or a monetary value assigned to something... I'm pretty quick to say, uh, you know, there's probably some sort of bylaw or legislature that dictates right. some sort of maximum. And that's where I kind of put my faith in. Th- this one seems ridiculous. Like, even even if that's the maximum for, like, a sexual assault within the league, I that's think a bigger problem. $2 million would make sense to me if they were different owners now. Because even then... If you bought the team from someone else and you knew that something had happened, you didn't report it, that's one thing. But I understand that it's not exactly the same guys, but it's the same ownership group. So the number for me I thought was going to come in somewhere between 15 and $30 million. Hmm. Whether or not they have that, I don't know. But um, oh, They probably made that in the 2010 Stanley Cup run along. This implies that this is the same or this is roughly not as bad as Ilya Kovalchuk getting signed to an illegal contract mm-hmm. which that wasn't bad that was funny <laughs> that they did that like good for the devils that rocked this does not rock my guy uh, and to put it in the same monetary value, uh, nine years later, too, and money's different now. That's pathetic. So, Gary Bettman. 
I think it's reasonable to say that there's a possibility that Gary Bettman didn't know about this or didn't have all the facts. But the way it's been handled, yeah, it's a little curious for sure. The fine, I don't even know if that, if I would relate that to whether or not Gary Bettman was involved. Um, but he just has seemed not super worried about this publicly. Uh, he doesn't seem to have much to say that isn't um, him behinding, hiding behind his lawyer statements. And the, the problem I have with that is, okay, yeah, you want to say he's a lawyer, he's a businessman. Yeah, he also uh, has a law degree, which means you have a degree in talking. And he has chosen not to really say anything that's given me much faith that he's taking it super seriously. Mm -hmm. He hasn't said anything that's like, seemed weird. But uh, yeah, he doesn't seem like it's a super high priority to him which does sort of make me question maybe what's going on but uh do i think he's culpable not not necessarily and and to kind of go back to something i said earlier um this this is another one one of those instances not so much meeting with quenville and shovel day off but this is kind of one of those situations where i feel the fine specifically you you could have sat on it for a couple days just take some time, mm -hmm. sit down with some other smart people, come to a decision. Like the the response, the speed of response involved here. I, I feel like the NHL was throwing a number at the wall, looking for some brownie points. Yeah. And saying, look at us. We got on this right away. Oh, we yeah. wasted no time. We weren't the Chicago Blackhawks. We dealt with it immediately. And I was like, oh, God, that's great. How'd you guys deal with it? Oh, well, we slapped them on the wrist. And it's like, cool. Maybe maybe take five next time and just talk things over. And, sure. You know, uh, from my knowledge, uh, uh, legal cases, uh, they take a while. Yeah. <laughs> they go on for months, as this one did. Yeah. You know, the partners at uh, fucking... Brockman and Son or whatever it was, they didn't wake up the morning after the uh, allegations were filed and went, yeah, no, uh, he did it, and uh, right. uh, he's got a, a, a speeding ticket. Oh. Yeah. You know? I... Yeah, like, the number itself, like, whether, whether or not the NHL was supposed to find them the more is maybe one thing, but, like, that... $2 million number would seem insanely low uh, in civil court if you sued John McDonough directly. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he would owe more than that in damages alone and the other members of the fucking organization. Like, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to put a dollar amount on it, mm -hmm. $2 million seems low, especially when it's the NHL that's actually imposing the fine and have imposed fines a lot higher for a lot less than this. Right. You know? So, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Gary Bettman has a lot of, uh, a lot of blame in this, in this, uh, scenario. Not but yet, that, anyway. That decision was certainly peculiar. Um, one more person that I want to talk about involved with this, uh, situation, uh, on the Blackhawks side was, uh, 
Jim Gary. Um, the mental skills coach. Um, that means uh, the way you think. You know, he's supposed to help you think better. Mm -hmm. This was a guy that blamed Kyle Beach. That told him that this was his fault mm -hmm. that this happened. Um, that also, in the report, went on to say that he uh, he used juvenile sexual humor uh, as a way to engage with young male players. Um, crude jokes. You know, using photos of naked women. Um... I don't know how this guy fucking got a job in the first place. What was on his resume to get hired? Oh, what's your approach to mental skills coaching? Oh, I like to make uh, sick jokes with the players and uh, relate to them better. Oh, great. You're hired. Now, I'm being extreme, of course. I, I understand that uh well maybe not well <laughs> maybe not i don't know i can't find any fucking credentials on the internet every time i look so this is just another part of the story where you sit there shaking your head trying to figure out where it ends trying to figure out how did the blackhawks fuck up this bad mm -hmm. how did it get to this point And I'm doing the same thing sitting here saying they're not the only team. They can't be. There's no way one team in this league happened to hire all six of the, the bad people and they were all there at the same time over a 110-year history. This situation with the, the, the Jim Carrey add-on at the end was probably the nail in the coffin for me in terms of thinking that we can right the ship, that we can heal or move forward in any capacity. Um, does that scenario exist for you? Or am, am, am I the the pessimist for a change do you think that there's a chance of moving forward after everything we've learned here they're in quite a hole I'll tell you that <laughs> I hate to laugh but no like, but, <laughs> like, like it's not good because it's hard for me to believe that there are people out there that's that is even going to be able to forgive this version of the NHL. Um, you know, like I I'm saying that Gary Bettman may or may not be culpable here, but you know he may be not he may be innocent of any wrongdoing. 
But I don't know that the sport can move forward with this image of the league and actually expect, you know, their younger fans to actually buy in and give a shit moving forward. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's... Um, it's ins- it's very strange to me, very strange that anyone watched that game last night. That's very strange to me. Like the Leafs sucking aside, I thought it was really weird that people tuned into the Blackhawks and Leafs last night. Like that's weird, and I can't imagine giving a shit about hockey uh, right now from an NHL perspective. Um, and I don't really know what it's going to take for me to maybe get some interest back but you're right like I, I think I think the road ahead is a little deeper than people really seem to realize you know they can move ahead and they can you know someone's going to score an ice goal next week and it's going to fucking tickle everyone's fancy and kind of get them back in and you know what I mean because the sport is beautiful but the league is covered in fingerprints of dishonesty and 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 darkness. Mm-hmm. And do I think that maybe 15 years from now that the league's going to be in a better spot? Yeah. I think Kyle Beach's situation is going to change a lot of lives. Uh, the same way that Akima Lu, I think, has a little bit more than people really realize, you know? And I think the more of these sort of old boys that we kind of weed out and get more people who maybe give a shit uh, about human beings around, that I think things will move forward. But I don't know that that's going to be anytime soon because even as you go down the ranks these people are everywhere and that's the problem like it's a problem with the culture and not just the league too so the league's in a spot where you know they're gonna have to make some changes and hopefully things start to trickle down but you're right like this this shit this shit happens more often than we're ever going to know because of the nature of what happens. People are never, like, a lot of people aren't going to speak out about it. And, and, you know, like, it's it's funny that, not funny, um, you touching on Akeem Alou. Um, 2010 teammate of Kyle Beach's. Uh, in Rockford. Mm-hmm. Uh, same team. Same year. These are two guys that got failed by the same organization as human beings at the exact same time. Yeah. And it's just layer after layer after layer. And this this is where I come. Like this that, that this this has been the ultimate you know, wake up call. Not wake-up call. I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Fucking, like, I cannot believe in this much coincidence is my problem. I sit here and I see Jim Gary and Brad Aldrich and Bill Peters and every member of that management staff that, you know, one by one stood up and decided to make the wrong decision. 
and then lie about that decision, which we didn't even really talk about. But the fact that each one of those guys went to bat for each other and said, oh, we didn't know about it, we didn't know about it, we didn't know about it until after, when in fact they did. Mm-hmm. For it to all happen within one organization, I don't, I don't buy that coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, just my own, you know, you know the way I think. I just I, I have to assume now that it's in every organization, or at least it was at one point. If it's not today, I do believe that some groups have made efforts and strides to better themselves and put people in the right position and 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 to help others but like this is this is barely 10 years ago a little little more than 10 years ago this isn't the 1950s where you could roll your eyes and say well you know it was a different time and well i mean rightly or wrongly even now in today's culture you know speaking out is more accepted but you know is anyone from back then gonna gonna say anything now doesn't seem like that's it. been living on trauma for 40 years like why would they mm-hmm. like all the, i guarantee you this shit happened all the time and mm-hmm. you know in eras where it was less accepting to do anything like that uh like you know to have any sort of feelings towards a man is almost what i'm saying and then uh let alone assault another human being um you know like anything that happened back then is so far buried that we're never gonna know but how much has happened in the last 10 15 years i'd be curious to know that because you know that's what we're talking about and that's the time frame where we can kind of you know track back and start trying to move forward with different because those fingerprints are still here yeah everyone from 40 years ago is long is gone for the most part but you know what we can change is who we put in place moving forward and that does hinge on us taking a look back at the recent history of the league it's tough you know i don't really know where you start and then you think you're doing a good job, and then boom, you draft Logan Mayu by accident. Um, I mentioned Stan Bowman stepped down from the U.S. national team. Mm-hmm. Sure sounds like Bill Guerin's taking over. Mm-hmm. They, should, they shouldn't be allowed to go to the Olympics at this stage. <laughs> I mean, like, I know what you're saying. Like, <laughs> like really? Let's just stop with well, this now. Like, come on. You know what I mean? That's they just, enough. They just, they'll just... You're done. You don't, you don't get a GM. That's enough of you. you. <laughs> send, send the yeah. guys and the, and the coach, and the coach gets to pick the team, make, and make, hopefully the coach didn't touch anybody. Make someone from Sweden's national team pick the U.S. national team. Sure. He'd probably still leave Seth Jones on the roster. Yeah. Just because that benefits the Swedes, you get it? Meanwhile, the Russians can't compete under their own flag, but mm-hmm. well. because they took some pills... 10 years ago in a different sport. Yep. But. It's hmm. another organization. Hmm. Minnesota. Led by someone else that seems to have looked the other way on this sort of shit in the past. You know. Pittsburgh. Yep. Yep. That might be 
quicker for us if we just start naming the teams that maybe we can't come up with something for on the spot. I'm sure, Seattle's. Oh no, they got Ryan Francis, don't they? Tampa Bay seems okay. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. They are a Florida man, yeah. after all. Um. I wanted to end talking about Kyle Beach because mm-hmm. I, I think that um, absolutely, if you're gonna wrap this up in any in any sort of context, you, it's best to do so about talking about the uh, type of man he is and and um, I I think um, I think there's a real opportunity here for him to if he wants to um, do a lot of good. Make a lot of change, and potentially save a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems open to that. He's still a young man. He's yeah. barely older than I am. Yeah. Um. So, right now he's playing hockey uh, in Germany. Seems to be loving it. His uh, elite prospects page looks good. The stats are looking pretty nice. He's still got it by all accounts. Um, what would be your message to him if you if you had the opportunity? Yeah, I would. Uh, I would very much like to shake that man's hand for sure. Um, you know, I think like I, I grew up watching hockey and and idolizing a lot of different players, but. You know, I, I'll be completely honest when I say that watching that interview on Wednesday <clears throat> was the first time that I genuinely thought in my life that I was watching a hockey player who was also a hero. Like, he, he's a hero for doing what he's doing. And... um yeah, it's that's it's the most courageous thing that I've ever seen a hockey player do. And we talk about character and we talk about all this shit that the game's supposed to be built on. And, you know, the biggest hero that I've ever witnessed play the game is a guy that I've never witnessed play the game. And a guy who the game absolutely fucked over. You know? Uh, I hope... Because you say he's doing well in Europe. I hope he's having fun playing hockey still. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope that it's not a situation where he's doing it because, you know, he doesn't know what else to do or doesn't know where else to go because he's good at it. Like, I hope he's enjoying playing hockey still. And it seems like he is. Um, because, yeah, the game, the game failed him uh, as a kid. and Because um, that's what he was. He was a kid. He was 20 years old. You know, mm-hmm. when this happened, and uh, his adult life has been living with this, and it's it's not fair, you know. But um, I woke up today and I uh, I had this uh, funny little urge, a little desire, and uh, went back, and sure enough, I I pulled out a couple of. Uh, couple of binders and I found myself a Kyle Beach hockey card. Nice. Uh, when he was in junior. And um, that's all I've ever known about the guy till now. 
Yeah. You know? Like, I probably got that card when I, uh, you know, was 14, 15 years old. And, oh, cool. Check it out. First round pick. Nice. This guy's going to be sick, I bet. Mm-hmm. Put it away. Never thought twice about it. It's, um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. And, um, I'm getting choked up trying to find the words to, to even, you know, wrap things up in terms of, of, of how I want to, uh, speak about Kyle Beach, the human being, because, um, to me, he's, he's no longer a hockey player. He's still playing hockey, but he's so much more than that now. Yeah. So, um, I think I might leave it there. Yeah. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll, um, we'll talk again next week. Hopefully, uh, I'll be quite honest with you, or or not, <laughs> or not. Uh, we'll talk I'm to you. Busy. You're busy, you know. Well, I I just meant I don't know. We'll take time out of our lives. To I don't. This I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. really know that I want to even talk about anything next week. Like we'll hmm. we'll see. Uh, we'll be back at some point, but I don't know that I really feel like doing this next week. We'll see. Maybe we'll just um, we'll do like top ten pastries. In a couple weeks, and then we'll just ease our ways. Uh, you know, we'll be a, a food podcast. We joked about becoming laced up a garments podcast last season. We might actually just change to a non hockey podcast for like the remainder of the season. I gotta do some shopping. A shopping podcast. Yeah. Well, the garments. You know. So like, we could take a little trip down to RW. Talk about what we bought. We could make that a gimmick, like until the end of the year. It'll just be laced up a different podcast every every week. <clears throat> One week it'll be, you know, music. Next week it'll be, like, flowers. You know? I'm a big amaryllis guy. It'll be a short episode. Yeah. I don't have a lot of flower knowledge. I don't know that there's much... Uh, like, I love dogs. I am very bad with breeds of dogs. So I could do, like, an episode where you teach me different breeds... Because I'll see a dog walking down the street and half the time I have no clue what that might be. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, like I don't know. Like people will be like, oh, like, you know, my sister, she has a Doberman or whatever. I know what a Doberman is now, mm -hmm. but I didn't for a long time. My, my stepsister got a dog and um, it was, uh, I think it was a rescue. But like, you looked at it and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a black lab and it's a black lab because I know. And when I know... I know. And it, it was like a fucking husky Newfoundland uh, Chihuahua mix somehow. Hmm. No lab at all. <laughs> okay. Dogs are weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Despite my best efforts, uh, as I was at the beginning of the episode, I'm, I'm still James Cole. I am Bruce Bataglia. And we'll... Uh, Talk to you in some capacity moving forward.
little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Oh, yes it will It's been too 